This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. Welcome to Live and Learn on the Bigger Picture. On the 6th of June, a group of armed forces veterans gathered at Tugunagara to call for the current military pension system to be reviewed. Why have some 300,000 of these veterans now come under the B40 income group after spending the best part of their lives defending Malaysia while the rest of us could sleep soundly? So Keith Kam speaks with retired Royal Malaysian Air Force officer Major Mio Rosli Mio Jaffa, who had led the gathering at Tugunagara to find out why. Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's going to do it? You? You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. That's Jack Nicholson uttering the famous line from 1992's A Few Good Men. It illustrates the sacrifice rendered by the armed forces of any nation in defending a country. The unseen selflessness in making sure one's homeland security is assured. Can you put a price on it? Should you even put a price on it? Today, I'm speaking with Major Mio Rosli Mio Jaffa, a retired Air Force officer who is now the president of Pertubuhan Suara Patriotic Rakyat Malaysia. He had led a gathering in front of the National Monument to Gunagara last month because in Malaysia, military veterans seem to be getting the raw end of the deal after they retire. There are claims that there are 300,000 armed forces pensioners who are living in poor conditions, all under the B40 income group, which we know today are suffering even more with the rise in prices of essential items. Now, Major, first of all, tell me about this Pertubuhan Suara Patriotic Rakyat Malaysia. What is it championing? Uh, actually, it's, a, it's a, just a platform uh, for us to voice out our, our grievances and our plight. Basically, all of us are under the uh, Veteran Association. Right. Uh, veteran Association is registered under the uh, Jabatan Halewal Veteran, uh, JEF. Uh, which is under the Ministry of Defence. Mm-hmm. But uh, the the Veteran Act 2012 have restricted us to talk about certain things, you know. For example, uh, political or, or things that is against the government. Are, but anyway, we are not against the government. But the interpretation goes when you say you cannot speak political, then it will make things difficult for us. So therefore, I have no choice but, but uh, to form... Uh, an association is outside the uh, Veteran Association and Veteran Act and uh, under the ROS so that uh, we have more freedom. Right. Now before we get into more details of that, uh, I'd just like to understand what is life after after service? You know, talk to me about the pension schemes that are available to them. Well, life after the service should be fun. Should be fun because we get the freedom. The freedom of which, which we don't get in the, in the military in the military, the, uh, we are just like, uh, you know, uh, uh, being controlled. Has been, I would always use the word robotic, you know. It's been controlled by, by the superiors and we can, we can only do certain things that we, uh, what the superiors tell us to do. So when you talk about life after the service, most of them is seen that, like uh, being uh, independent, mandeka, you know. Right. They, they, they are free to do whatever they want to do uh, as, as, as per any other citizen. But... The, the issue here is that uh, the military, most of the military personnel were recruited at the age of 17, you know, and, and that's the first thing they know in the world, and they were trained to be soldiers. And when they left the service, they are, 
they are a bit what you call um, uh, confused with, with the uh, surrounding and uh, development of the country and and how to build up themselves. Uh, even though the government and the, the armed forces have this prohibit whereby they do a resettlement course. But some of the resettlement costs are between three to six months. Uh, it's not enough when you already been in the military for almost more than 20 to 30 years, you know. And so, uh, for the understanding of some of our listeners that um, life after service doesn't necessarily mean that you are above 55 uh, because you generally are eligible for pension once you have uh, done 21 years of service. Is that right? Yes, that's, that is for the, the other ranks. Right. The other ranks have to serve uh, 21 years. But for the officers, um, uh, the regulation says 10 years, but... but uh, there are some internal instruction that, that uh, they they have to serve twenty years, so most of the uh, other ranks retired at very young age, say it's about thirty five to forty years old. What's the pension scheme like financially? What do they get after they retire? For the other rank, uh, they contribute to a to a fund we call the Lembaga Tabung Angkatan Tentera. That's LTAT. Uh, yes, LTAT. LTAT is something equivalent to EPF, but it's uh, more to the uh, armed forces other rank. Uh, but the, the officers are, are not compulsory to join, but there are some officers who also contribute into the fund. And uh, after retirement, a portion of the um, fund and of the contribution, I, I think, is from the the, the government contribution, were were put into co-op. You know, co-op is um, uh, the the yeah, kumpulan wang, wang uh, uh, pesaraan. Yeah, pesaraan. Yeah, yeah that's put put there, and uh, uh, the other portion is given to them. And so after that, they will get a pension. This is uh, for the those who have served uh, twenty one years and above. For the officers, they get uh, their gratuities. So those, uh, uh, the guarantees, uh, the, the formula for the guarantees for the officers and the, uh, who are pensionable and non-pensionable are different. The non-pensionable are getting more uh, guarantee and uh, the pensionable are getting less. Obviously, I think the, the balance of the money will go to co-op too. And that's where our pensions come from. What I understand, I think it's a bit of a generalization, is that uh, once they retire, uh, once they opt for for pension, they basically just get half of what they used to get when they were in service. Am, am I right? That was the, the the old scheme. I think the old scheme, the pension is fifty percent of your of your last round pay. That's right. Your basic last round pay, and today. Uh, I think the regulation is, is, is more better, I think, uh, because uh, after if you serve uh, 60 years uh, and above, uh, age of 60, age of 60 and above, uh, you might get more and, and uh, there are other, some other perks. Now, um, are there those who are not eligible for pensions and why are they not eligible? Oh, of course, in the military, you know, we are, we are a, a war organisation, mm-hmm. you know, a battle and a war organisation. And we, uh, the British have, has made such a regulation and I agree with it 100% that soldiers must be fit, soldiers must be ever ready to go for war. And, and the, the way that the British uh, um, made the, the term of service in the armed forces is uh, they have to extend their service from time to time. Mm-hmm. For example, for the other ranks, especially the other, they are the frontliners, uh, 10 years, 15, 18, and 21. And after those that get uh, served after 21, and they get the pension. Uh, 
for the officers uh, at a young, younger age, you know, after they commissioned, during my time, it was five years and you extend for two, uh, two and then one for the short, short service commission. Uh, after 10 years, they are eligible to be considered as a regular commission and they can serve. But then it's based on rank. Right. You know, the lower the rank is, you have to retire at a certain age, except for the the, the colonel, the full colonel, and above, they retire at the age of 60. In those days, it was 55, now 60. These claims that there are 300,000 armed forces pensioners who are living in poor conditions and are all considered B40, that's a staggering number. How did that come to uh, be? Well, it... Uh, this is just an assumption to me. But anyway, there are 300,000 veterans right. at the moment. Right. More, more than 300,000 veterans at the moment. Uh, what we base on their, their pension. If you look at the pension, those who, who, who pension before 2013, uh, if you look at the rank of lieutenant colonel and below, mm-hmm. they are under B40. But of course, some of them are very successful in business and sort of thing. But generally, um, most of the pensioners have nothing to do, you know, and they just stay at home. And, and you can assume that uh, the pensioners, um, lieutenant colonel and below, are, are in B40 category. But of course, in that 300,000, they're inclusive of uh, those are non-pensioners. And non-pensioners are basically, all of them are, are B40 Except uh, those who are maybe, they, they have some own business and so that. Also a bit of disclosure here. My dad serves in the army and he was with the Persatuan veterans as well. Yeah. Um, I do know that he has helped quite a number of them get taxi licenses. And I know there are a lot of them who are grab drivers today. Um, I mean, what does it say about the pension scheme yeah. that we have and the resettlement schemes that, 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 we, that we have uh, currently? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, first of all, uh, I, I would like to congratulate your your dad, you know, for for helping people. And uh, I I I know your dad; he's my very super super duper senior. Yes. Me, you know, uh, he has done a good job. And I think the government also have done a lot of things for the uh, veterans, you know. But basically, not everybody can can drive taxi, you know, and not everybody can do whatever thing. And some people are retired; they are old. You know, most of the veterans are above sixty now. You know, and uh, what what they need now is food on the table and and the roof above the head. That is the most important thing. You mentioned the Veterans Act twenty twelve, and um, from that. What I know that there is that there are more than 130 bodies which are looking into the welfare of veterans. 130, that's oh. a lot. <laughs> that's, the, 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 that's the association. Yeah. You know, be, uh, because of, of the act, you know, it allows uh, veterans to form their own association. So most of the association, uh, they have this pretty core on, on, on their, their own core, you know, like, like your dad, for example, he's, he's from the Signals, Signals, you know, from the Samboyan, and uh, he have his own uh, association. Initially, I think Jeff did not control the influx of the uh, uh, association. Now we have about 130 associations veteran association registered with Jeff and uh, each association have their own uh, paradigm you know own 
uh, interests and, uh, and and all sort of things. And it's quite difficult to control 130 groups. Where does uh, PVATM, Persatuan Veteran Angkatan Tentera Malaysia, stand in this? I, I know it's celebrating its centenary this year. It was formed in 1922. What are their achievements like in helping uh, veterans? PVATM is one of the 130. Yes. It's just one of them. You know, they they are not uh, any special. But then they were the first veteran association that that had been formed in this country hundred years ago. Yeah, it's formed by the British. And initially, last time we only have one association. That was the 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 only one session because of the of the uh, Acta Veteran two zero twelve. Other veterans would like to form their own uh, association. So. Um, Whatever they do is is for their own members, you know. And other association uh, have got nothing to do with PBATM. I I just can't help thinking that 130 uh, different associations fighting for the same thing. Uh, yeah. Wouldn't you say it's a, it would be a bit more effective if they're all streamlined? Yeah, I I totally agree with you. Have you heard about the the the, the ex police? They wanted to come up with an act like uh, of the Armed Forces Veteran Act. Yeah. I, I also advised uh, to the police and then there was my friends, some of the commissioners, and saying that you better be careful because if you do this, then uh, the number of police, uh, ex-police association will become more and more and it's very difficult to control. Which is what's happening now. Yes. I'm speaking with Major Mio Rosli Mio Jaffa, a retired Air Force officer, president of the Pertubuhan Suara Patriotic Rakyat Malaysia. In a little while, we'll find out what's being done to help these military veterans. This is BFM 89.9. We are back with Major Mio Rosli Mio Jaffa, a retired Air Force officer. He is the president of the Pertubohan Suara Patriotic Rakyat Malaysia. This time around, we are discussing the plight of military veterans in Malaysia. Now, uh, Major, your demands uh, coming from the gathering that you had at Tugu Nagara last month in early June, your demands are, first of all, you wanted to review and streamline retirement benefits. I believe that currently there's an annual increase of 2%. And I mean, if we are looking at the rate of inflation, 2%, I'm pretty sure it's not enough. What should the <coughs> ideal pension scheme be like? What's your wish list? Actually, uh, it's a very uh, technical thing that I want to explain here. Sure. The 2%, actually, it's got nothing to do with us. Yeah. You know, if you go back in uh, uh, 2012, uh, the, the, the Prime Minister at that time, Datuk Sri Najib Razak, mentioned in the, in the parliament and saying that the, the government pensioners have not to worry about their pension adjustment. Because in the regulation, it says the pension will be adjusted accordingly when there is a pay rise in the government service, right? It will go along that way. And he said that every year, now you don't have to wait, he said. You don't have to wait for, for pension, uh, for pay rise. Your pension will be increased 2% annually. Automatically. Yeah, All right. automatically in 2000. And he, he spoke. In, in 2012, so it started in 2013. But if you imagine two percent, if if your pension is one thousand ringgit, so you are get you are getting twenty ringgit. Mm-hmm. Right? 
So then people start to think and to realize. But in 2013, what happened is that the government raised the pay of the of the, of the armed forces and the civil service uh, up to 60 percent. You just imagine 60 percent. And those who retired after that, after getting the 60 percent increment, uh, for example, a corporal. A maximum pay of a corporal is equivalent to uh, the chief of the air force, Tansri Sulaiman Sudia pension. You know that okay. that equivalent to that one, and and the gap was was so huge, and uh, we are not happy about that. You know, we're not we we we're not concerned about the the civil servant, but we are concerned about the the military, because right. there none of our regulation has been amended. Except for for the uh, what you call it uh, Pension Adjustment Act 1980, which exclude armed forces, it was amended to two percent. But in our regulation, it still remained the same. So from 2013, I've been fighting mm-hmm. this case until today, and that I think that uh, our adjustment should follow uh, whatever pay been uh, in the in the service and and the. The issue of uh, a, a gap between uh, those pensioning after 2013 and before shouldn't arise. And our our pension have not been reviewed, not in 2012 uh, alone. It was not reviewed in 2004. All right, right. You are also calling for the same retirement benefits as other civil servants. Um, you know, you guys are under LTAT at the at the moment. What's the difference between LTAT and say EPF? Uh, That's not uh, much different. The the first uh, the first uh, of our plight is is about the uh, pension adjustment, uh-huh. right? The second one is about those who do not have pension. Mm-hmm. That that's the one that, that that I'm I'm fighting for. You know, uh, those people who have served uh, uh, less than 21 years, mm-hmm. right? They do not have pension, and when they do not have pension, uh, you know, when they when they they they, they become 60 year old, you know, they get they cannot work anymore. Then only they feel the pinch. You know, this is this is the second group that I'm fighting for. Yes, uh, our regulation does not say that they are eligible to get pension. But I am comparing on the fairness of the law. Fairness of the law to me, number one is when when I look at the Pension Act 19, 1980, that is the civil service. Uh, it, uh, it excludes the armed forces also. Uh, in section, if I'm not mistaken, section nine, ten, eleven, and twelve, it says about those civil service. Uh, with the rank of, for example, the police, he must be a, a, a ASP and below in the uh, prison. Have certain in the uh, uh, medical, they, they they have a certain thing, and they can they can ask uh, opt for early pension uh, after serving 10 years. Right, right. So our job as a military, uh, we work 24 hours. You know, 24 hours means it's three times work of a normal person. Even we sleep, we are working. You know that that's military. You know, You're, if you go on leave, still you are on duty. Right. You being being called at any time. So uh, it's very unfair for us. You know, when you give a, a better perks to the civil servant, and and we in the military, you do not consider even whatever we have done in the, in, in the country. And most people who died, you know, who died, you know, who get. 
uh, injured in the in the war uh, during the second emergency are from this category. Those people who served uh, less than ten years. How are they coping now? Actually, it depends on their rank. You know, <laughs> for example, if you are if you are lance corporal, probably uh, if 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 they are pensioner, you know, if they served twenty one years at the rank of uh, a corporal. Probably their 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 pension will be about four hundred ringgit. No, I meant I meant those who are who who are not eligible for for they pensions. get nothing, but of course they will get their contribution in in LTAT. You know, both uh, the government contribution and uh, and and their own contribution, which works like EPF. As yes, you said yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, you were also calling for those convicted of crimes who stand to lose their retirement benefits. I, I don't quite understand that. Okay, the third category that I'm fighting for are uh, pardon. Uh-huh. See, if you look at the federal constitution, Article 42, bracket 1, and 42, bracket 2, it states that the young Pertuan Agong can pardon any military offenders who have been charged under the court martial. It's written there very clearly. And that article is already there since Merdeka. Until today, you know, we have, we have, we have been Merdeka for over more than 65 years, yeah. you know. I have not seen any one of the armed forces who, who have been charged in the armed forces and, and dismissed have been pardoned. But if you look at the, the civilian, the politician, you know, everybody get pardoned. Yeah, and and their offense are thousand times worse than the offense made by the soldiers. And some of them are just absent from duty, sleeping on guard duty. You know, they stole some some sugar from the from the cookhouse and things like that, and they they get discharged. And and when they discharge, uh, you know, we have the Jeff. Jeff is supposed to help the veterans and also the families, the children. But if you've been discharged as a, under discipline. According to the Veteran Act 2012, you are not eligible to be called a veteran. And that affects not just uh, then the, the, the officer, it affects the... Yeah, and, and you are not eligible. Mm. Not only you, your children, your, your spouse are not eligible to have any welfare, uh, aids, whatever it is from... Healthcare the government, from, and... Uh, anything, everything. anything. Even your school children, anything, and they have been outcast. And most of them came to me and said, Sir... If this is the case, I might as well go to Penang Police and jump and kill myself. Oh. Because the, the, the punishment is for life. You know? It's very unfair. What are you doing to get these demands fulfilled? For the past eight years, we have made a lot of uh, research paper, uh, meetings with the ministers, you know. And the government keeps changing nowadays, you know, very <laughs> fast. And we, we, we met. Every time it changed, we, we go up to MINDEF and we present our papers and we met the, even the prime minister. But it seems that uh, they do not give enough priority um, as if that this, this issue is, is nothing to them, you know. Uh, until today, uh, they have not done anything. Until I made the rally at the, at the Tugu, and something is moving. Something and, is moving. Uh, what is moving? Moving that they they wanted to to give the pardon to those been discharged and the disciplinary, uh, but I've not seen yet. But they they promised to do that, you know. So whether they are doing it, uh, they said that it's not because of me, but it doesn't matter to me. But they are moving now. 
you know. What are you doing to ensure that this momentum continues? Actually, our rally does not stop at the, the Tugu. Right. Last week, uh, we did at Shah Alam. Mm-hmm. We are moving from state to state. On the 17th, we're going to do at Kuala Kansapera, and then followed by Kuantan on the 24th, and the other state throughout the country. The Sarawak veterans also have contacted me, and, and they wanted to do it also in Sarawak and also in Sabah. You were questioned by the police after the June 6th incident, right? What's happened since then? I don't blame the police. You know, the police are just doing the job. You know, we are doing a perimpunan aman. I mean, it's what in English you call it a peaceful assembly, and we did ask permission from the police. You right. know, uh, a lot of people are, are mistaken about permits. Uh, with the uh, peaceful assembly act, two thousand twelve, and I'm saying it does not talk about permit. It's about notification. Okay. So I just notified the police that we are doing this, you know. And of course, the police, maybe they have been pressured by, by somebody else's birth, you know. They have to call me. I just go there and, and just explain. That's it. I, can't help, I also can't help thinking that, um, you know, the image of the armed forces, like when my dad was in it, it was seen as something very prestigious. I mean, me and my brothers wanted to join at some point. Um, with what is going on today, with the plight of the veterans, how do you think this will play out for the future of the of the service as well as the nation's security? If this is what anyone who joins the military can look forward to, I mean, who wants to join then? This is what I'm trying to fight. You know, uh, the the government, especially Ministry of Defence, should listen to me. Mm-hmm. You know, listen to me rather than turning deaf ears against me. You know, what I'm doing now is for the future. For the present veteran, for those still in the service, and for those who are still not joining the service, you know. First of all, the military is a, is a good place to join. If you do it right, it's a professional job. For example, your dad is in the signal. He knows about radios, things like that. You know, they have, There are so many other uh, branches in the, in the armed forces, uh, the, the engineers, the uh, doctors. Even, you have even lawyers in the, in the military. Just name it. Mm-hmm. We, we are a state within a state. We have everything in the military. Uh, the problem is that if you join the military and you have all those hardship, and then I mean, after retirement and you, whatever uh, you have done for the country are, are, are not compensated, mm. you know, not compensated, are not recognized, you know. If you look at in America, in, in 1980 when I was in U.S., I, when I uh, uh, jumped out from the plane and went to the airport, and, and uh, if you see the counter, they have a normal counter, the veteran counter, I you know. know post office, everywhere you go. They look at the veteran as somebody who has served for the country and they appreciate what it is, you know. But in Malaysia, is it the government only recognised the veteran during the Hari Palawan? That's the only way. And that also, then today, I'm very, very sad to see they are asking veterans to take that box, going around and asking donation. That is not right. And very recently, the minister asking the soldiers to grow vegetables in the camps. I disagree totally because the military should, should improve in their professionalism in fighting the war, things like that, not growing vegetables in camp. And for the younger generation, they must look at the armed forces as a very professional career that they can go through and they can use it after they leave the service. But if we are going to do it, doing what we are doing today, I think the armed forces will become weak and it's very bad for the country. 
Thank you, Major Mio, and I wish you all your best in your endeavours. And I hope that whatever you guys are fighting for really come true. Thank you. I've been speaking to Major Mio Rosli Mio Jaffa, the President of Pratubuhan Suara Patriotic Rakyat Malaysia. I'm Keith Kam. This is BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.